0: So are you are playing hide and seek again it's more like tag, tag. <laughs> with baguettes <laughs> yeah a little bit not physically but I feel they're chasing me and I feel sometimes I'm chasing them and then we stop and stare at each other and what, what day am I on now am I have I been here for eight days yeah good week I think I've yeah. been here for eight days good good week um I haven't had one yet not one not one pastry baguette not one pastry no no
1: pastries or baguettes is there any other food in France
0: when I when (laughs) I say that out loud it's very impressive it's very (laughs) impressive when you add in pastries you add in pastries and I don't drink coffee so the French people just think I'm really weird just very very weird no coffee no pastry no baguettes there's nothing left so what, what have you been eating? I've, I've tried to be healthy because you know what it's like at Grand Slams. You can go very unhealthy. And working for the when you work for the tournaments, so in this case, I'm working for the tournament with the FFT, you have an allowance of money that they have on your accreditation. It's the same as Wimbledon. It's the same at the US Open, Australian Open, if you're working or whatever tournament you're working for. Yes. So you have your allowance and, and you go into, there's a little shop, little boutique full of food. And there's there's all the sweets, there's all Haribo's, like a wall lined with Haribo's. There's a wall lined with baguettes. There's a wall lined with pastries. So it's really hard to avoid them. You just think, well, I could just get some. So I've been, I've been very good. I've just tried to be healthy because you know what it's like, you can eat rubbish. And then when you're tired, you eat more rubbish. And then when you're not tired, you eat rubbish. And when you're in a hurry, you eat rubbish. And you just eat rubbish. Has that ever happened to you or is that just me? Oh, yeah, of course. It happens all the time. But I
1: think, I mean, I'm not in France. I'm in Salford doing it off tube. Uh, what will be four days into the tournament, uh, I have had four
0: baguettes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so at least one of us is, uh, is doing all right. So That's I'm quite proud of brilliant.
0: that. I've actually, I'm not sure if anyone's watching, but I went in to a little place with a little shop for the food. And because I was just rushing from one place to another. So I thought I'd just run in here and get something to eat. And my hand actually reached down towards the baguette. And I stopped. I like froze. And I just pulled back again. I don't know if anyone witnessed that very odd moment. But I just, I didn't, because I kind of think it's a slippery slope. And if I have one and I'm going to have two, and then in a week's time I'll have had probably double figures.
1: Right. So is the plan to have none?
0: The plan is to have none and it's ambitious I like it No, it's very ambitious but I've got lots of these do you like my little bottles of sauce little bottles of sauce yeah this looks like oil it's olive oil and balsamic a little bottle because every time I'll, I'll get a salad and they just try and give me bread so I've avoided the baguettes you go up to pay and they say would you like some bread with your salad I'm like I really don't want bread with my salad so they give me bread and a little bottle of sauce so I've just got lots of little bottles of... It's basically, it's your present from the French Open. There you go.
1: Excellent. So how, how many bottles will I get? Will I get 15? One a day?
0: Yes, you probably could. No, I'm not <laughs> going to give you all 15. I'm going to keep some. I might give them to my other friends. <laughs> you know, That's some Christmas people, sorted. <laughs> you know, some people give tournament towels. I'm giving them a 20ml bottle of vinaigrette balsamico nice <laughs> That's they're insane. gonna be so chuffed with that 20 mil i am a generous person i just hope they don't search my bags when i go through the airport and they wonder what all these little <laughs> bottles of oil are so no i've been i've no i've i've been quite good but look it's only day four and we speak every day and there's going to come a time when i'm just you know dragging myself towards the baguettes but it's been uh, no it's, it's so far so oh i haven't had another covid test yet no. No, you don't need one yet, do you? Friday. My window opened today. I didn't jump through that window straight away. <laughs> and I've, I've left it to the latest possible time to go and have the biro up the nose twice. But then that's it, right? And then you're good to go for the rest of the tournament? Yep. Then I'm good to go till I come home and then have a couple of weeks in quarantine. Perfect. Resting and eating salad with... Vinaigrette Balsamico <laughs> churning through the oil and vinegar. <laughs> I've got lunch sorted for a couple of weeks. <laughs> but it's um, but it's going well, I think. Look, we're four days in. You're covering it as much as I'm covering it. We actually did a little show together for Five Live the other day, and that was very nice. Oh, was but the nice. funny thing was... For Five Live, you're obviously covering and focusing on the British players. Well, we were. Like very, well, <laughs> well, not <you> we're not <laughs> anymore. <laughs> you're not anymore, but you were. But I, on the other hand have not been.
1: No, no, you're you're international.
0: Sort of covering the wider picture. So I run up to do the show with you, and the whole half an hour is about British players. <laughs> and I was well, like, it was. it's lucky I've got some experts on hand. So I can say, <laughs> so remind me how this match unfolded between X and, and Y. and But that was nice. We got to spend a little yeah. bit of time working together. Well, you could guess the ending. Yeah.
1: In each match,
0: the Brit lost. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't happy, was it? Wasn't, wasn't. But they're still going strong. Strong? Is that too strong a word to use in doubles? We're going in the doubles. Oh, yeah, but we're strong at doubles. doubles. We're good at doubles.
1: Yeah. Don't worry about the doubles,
0: very, that's for very sure. We're very good at doubles. We had a nice message... On Instagram, I oh, did. We oh, I've got an admission. I've got an admission to make. I've lost the password to our Instagram account. Oh, you so can't get on. If uh, <laughs> no, I can't get on. So, <laughs> if anyone has contacted us via Instagram, I do apologise. It's not rudeness for the delay in replying. I just can't. G- Remember, this happened with a Twitter account. Oh, yeah, we had to I start again on Twitter we? account. Yeah, I got it blocked and locked down. It might be happening with Instagram as well. But Isabel cleverly found us through my Instagram. And she said hello to you both. I'm Isabel. I live in Paris and I just want to say hi. Also that I've been following the Live at RG show that I've been doing, enjoying it. My twin sister has a twin sister, Ivy, and we're big fans of the Tennis Podcast. Lovely. It's nice, isn't it? That's lovely. It it carries on. And we were so looking forward to going to Roland Garros this year because we had tickets for Philippe Chatrier for Friday. But unfortunately, we weren't amongst the thousand people selected because as they reduced the numbers, they would then take a selection of people from the overall number of people that booked tickets. She said to a little bit sad, it would have been the first time in Roland Garros, the new roof, looks amazing and then enjoy your time in cloudy paris i would add slightly cold and slightly wet paris so um lovely for isabel to get in touch but can you believe she had tickets and just didn't get in because obviously the numbers have gone from around what eleven, twelve thousand down to one thousand. I
1: know. Oh, it's such a killer, isn't it? A Bit of a heartbreaker, but can kind of understand the the tournament trying, trying. You know, working with the yeah. information that they had. That the, you can only do that, really, can't you? Can't predict this, these situations, and uh, you know, it has made a massive difference having the thousand people in. That's that's for sure. But so
0: sorry, Isabel, it wasn't you. Just have to cheer extra loud from home. It's it's been really nice. To have the fans in. Uh, People think, well, look, there's only a thousand, so they're not going to make a noise. Today was actually the first time I really noticed it. It was Stan Wawrinka against Dominic Kupfer on Susan Longland. And I felt like the majority of the thousand made their way to Susan Longland, sat close together and really made themselves heard. I mean, that's the first time I've really heard the fans in full voice. And it was really nice to hear because we've missed it.
1: Yeah, even a small amount of fans makes a big difference, doesn't it? You can really feel the noise and feel the atmosphere much better. You kind of get the the reactions, you know, because we've had the fake crowd noise and the little ripples and that sort of thing. But it's the uh, when pierre Hugues Herbert misses a volley on top of the net or a drop shot and then suddenly a thousand people go, oh. that sort of thing that's what you need yes they expect you to make that ridiculous shot that's what they expect from their French players
0: and the players can put their arms up to the crowd when they win and they can celebrate but on the flip side of that I was watching Coco Goff's match this evening and you get to hear I'm really appreciating and enjoying the things that you wouldn't normally be able to focus on. So Coco Goff just constantly talking to herself, telling herself to come on, what to do, what not to do, because you don't have the buzz of the crowd or the cheering and the clapping, because normally you only get dead silence just as they're about to serve. And then for the point, you might get a little bit of a ripple of something and then everyone erupts again. But now you're really, you're really getting to hear everything. And I'm quite, we don't want this to continue long-term, but in the short term, I'm actually appreciating appreciating it for what it is yeah
1: you're definitely seeing a different element because you just don't see so much I suppose in between the points and sometimes you'll see them muttering and that sort of thing but you don't really know what they're saying and it has been nice I think in terms of that you feel almost like a little bit closer to the players on the court you kind of feel like you're just standing and at the side watching them Um, but yeah of course I think everybody's really Really missing the fans, but it has been so great just to have that, that thousand people. It doesn't really look like a thousand people on TV. It kind of looks less than that, um, even though you know it's the maximum. You know everybody's in there, but, yeah, but it's not not a big all place. One,
0: but they're not all in one place, are they?
1: No, they're all scattered. I don't think anyone's gone up to the top, have they? It's, yeah, it's a
0: thousand scattered across the court so you get sort yeah. of little clusters and little pockets of, of people maybe they've got in and wonderfully for them their favorite player or something is somewhere so they're sort of, as I say the most I've I've seen sort of clustered together was for the Favrinka match this morning and then Erbet uh, and obviously Nadal and when it's rained because wow we can go and watch some tennis where there's a roof and and sit on there and it's nice just around the grounds I mean look the positive side if you're working at a tournament is you can get places if you need to get somewhere yes. quickly. because no the, crowd
1: to fight through.
0: I was speaking to a friend today, a colleague today, and she said she was waiting to come in this morning, and then the announcement went round... The gates will be opening in five minutes. And normally, I know in Australia, I try and get in before the gates open and the crowd rush in. Wimbledon, you want to be in before the crowd. And she was like, I've got to get in. I've got to get in before the crowds. <laughs> but then, you know, five, ten minutes later, the doors open, like five people walk in. <laughs> and that's that's rush hour.
1: Yeah, nice to have a bit of space. I suppose. Have the place to yourself a little bit. It
0: is. And they've made it bigger this year anyway. For people who will come back next year. They are changing, they are developing. Roland Gausse looks very different this year anyway. And I think they've just made it more spacious because they're not dealing with the biggest plot of land when you compare it to the other Grand Slams. And it's in a residential area. But they so there, there is more space and there is more development. And also with these with the floodlights, I know we have no official night sessions but we've had an eight minute past midnight finish
1: yes I know I just kind of assumed there would be a curfew because that's what you've got at Wimbledon it's an 11 o'clock curfew for
0: the lights because people live there (laughs) those lights are really bright now I know you normally deal in the loose facts so I'm just going to throw out some little loose facts here and if anyone else I'll say well that must be Naomi because she does loose facts but I was thinking that maybe because as you say It is a residential area here that maybe because there are no real spectators here this year that they don't have to have the curfew because a lot of it is they don't want thousands and thousands of people walking down the streets, chanting, singing tennis songs and whatever they do. But you won't get that this year, even if you finish at two o'clock in the morning.
1: No, but the lights are still fairly disruptive. I mean, this is one thing that we have in tennis. It's quite unique to tennis in terms of midnight, 1 a.m. sort of finishes. Even later than that, it doesn't really happen in other sports. So I don't think it happens at all in other sports, apart from the um, the World Athletics Championships when they were in Doha and it was just too hot. They had to, play, they had to um, compete in the middle of the night. Uh, and I remember watching all the pundits saying, who would do this to their athletes? What sort of sport gets them out and expecting <laughs> them to perform at midnight? This is outrageous. And I was sitting there thinking, tennis, we do it every week. We love a night session. <laughs> and now now Paris has got night sessions.
0: Well, we had no official night sessions this year. This is not official. I mean, I think,
1: well, unofficial night sessions. I think
0: next year... Matches will officially start, or at least one match will start at 9 p.m. So there will be a night session. But I do, there was a match that was, what on that eight minutes past midnight, night, day, night, morning, there was a match that wasn't finished. And that was the Mute-Gustino match. Now that was carried over. That would go on to finish 18-16. So happy old Gustino was like, I've done it. I've won. This has been an epic. This was incredible. Then he probably went to get showered and have a sit down. His coach said, we shouldn't talk. We're not going to talk about this yet, but I'm just going to tell you that Diego Schwartzman is is your next opponent. (laughs) So this poor man dragging his body through two days comes out today. Best of five set against Diego Schwartzman and wins six games.
1: Yeah. And often that happens after the epic, right? That you're just a bit toast
0: after especially if you're not used to it i forgot in the first couple of days i forgot that it wasn't a tie break final set and it could go on and on and on and on and, yes. on, and on and on and on that has happened a few times it has. it's the only one now and people are saying you know and because the conditions are a lot heavier we're getting more of these kind of matches because it's a little bit more of a grind are you in favor of this or would you stick in the cap on the fifth set, so it doesn't go on and on and on. Because there's the argument saying, "Well, poor Augustino, he dragged himself through 1816, pops up against Schwartzman, he's out in three sets." Yeah, but that's the nature of our
1: sport. We don't have a time limit on our matches. You know, you know, somebody can come through in an hour and a half, and and their opponent could have been on court for five hours, six hours in their previous round. That's how it goes. And by the time you count up all of those hours, when you get to the final it makes a huge difference. You know, Rafa barely losing games, in and out, job done. That's what the champions do. You've got to be clinical early on. And now Dominic Team's starting to be a bit more like that as well, getting things done in straight sets, not messing around too much. Got in a little bit of trouble in, in the uh, the third set, but he got away with it. And yeah, I just think I think that's part of it. I'm totally on board with the unlimited fifth set. I love it. I think it's great. On the clay, because we're not going to get the uh, Isna mahoo situation and we're not going to get, you know, we had the Wimbledon semi-finals, didn't we, a couple of years ago, uh, which were exceptionally long. I think on the grass, you really can fall into that trap um, a little bit more frequently. But on the clay, I don't really see it. The 18-16, I mean, for me, that's sort of going to be the maximum-ish um, that, that these these matches would ever go to, because it's just too physical.
0: But even that is enough. To knock a player out for the next round. Well, they should have won his straight sets then. <laughs> I love how sympathetic you are for these people.
1: <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Stop messing around. That's, that's, that's how it goes, you know. You, you want to be
0: fresh for your next round. Win quicker. <laughs> I love the lack of sympathy here. It's your fault. If you'd got the job done, you wouldn't be in this situation now. Stefano Tsitsipas went the distance to win his first five-set match. He looked absolutely down and out against Jaume Mouna, who went two sets to the good. And at the end, Sitsipas was so emotional, he could hardly speak. And he spoke about all these emotions he's going through. While his father, Apostolos, is wearing a mask with a picture of his son's face on it. Have you seen the pass mask? Are you interested in purchasing one or wearing one? Uh, I like the pass mask. I've seen it.
1: The little cartoon on it. I think it's great. Why are you looking confused? You like it. Well, I've just quite enjoyed the branding of masks now. I mean, they, they were on it, right? The Nadal
0: team on it with their fluorescent pink masks with the Nadal logo on no, it. No, but there's a... There's a logo, and there's. What if your mum sat courtside at Wimbledon? Masks were needed, and there was a picture of you on her mask. How not would a that picture. go down? It's a cartoon. It's not a photo okay. of my okay. face. <laughs> All right, then. Sorry, if your mum sat in the front row of Wimbledon on centre court with a cartoon of your face on it, how would that go down? Well, uh, one imagines that, that it's been okayed, honestly.
1: It's not, honestly. She's not just doing yeah. it randomly, and I've not seen it until I'm kind of in the third game, and I look over, and I'm going, what is that on your face? <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's it's, me. <laughs> it's, it's like the Call Me Coco thing. It's the brand. It's the team. That's.
0: I think that's how how it goes. I'm sure Sitsapas is very much enjoying it. Well, it's yeah, it's a, it is a, a cartoony caricature of him. And then people brought up the picture of the Djokovic dad wearing the and that was a photo, wasn't it? It was a photo of his son. O- you see, o- that's a bit much, it's a bit weird. But the mask with a picture on isn't weird. No, cuz it's cartoon. That's all right. It's just a little doodle. It's just a little doodle. That's not weird. So if I wear a t-shirt with a little doodle of you on it, is that not weird? No. I don't think so. Really? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Well, don't wear a picture of me on a little doodle on your T-shirt. I'd find that weird. Okay,
1: fine. I've made a made a mental note, but I am enjoying the uh, the masks being used to sort of full effect when it comes to the the branding and marketing. You can't don't want to miss an opportunity there.
0: I, I keep putting mine on upside down. I keep getting in trouble. The Roland Garros one. <laughs> yeah, we have white uh, Lacoste. Um, Roland Garros ones and they're quite thick the material's quite thick on them quite cosy and on one side there's a crocodile and on one side there's the Roland Garros logo and I keep I keep putting it upside down the amount of people we had to record a little thing for Instagram it's like masks on upside down I'm like oh masks on honestly every single day I put it on upside down but you've got to think this is I mean a brand's dream to be able to
1: get their logo on your face when you're doing an interview whether you're you know any sort of player this is unbelievable you know it's i mentioned a few podcasts ago you know when you're doing an interview and sometimes you have that little thing on the microphone that has the broadcaster or whoever you're working for say it's ESPN and you need to get the microphone up close to their face so you can see the ESPN on the screen and that you know it's your microphone they're talking to you and that sort of thing yeah you can just yeah just all over the face this is amazing this is prime you know we get the watches on the wrist and then we get the sort of the casual just wipe of the sweat away with the hand that's got the watch on so that you can get a good look at the watch post-match and all of these bits and bobs and there you go.
0: Just whack it on. Whack it on a mask. I remember once there was a story when it's I was on a pre-season tour with Chelsea, and. We were in Asia and a few of the, the guys in our sort of media team had gone to this market and we'd been joking about. I'm not going to say <laughs> I'm not going to say and I will never say the word, <laughs> but we were joking about this word, which I find quite horrific. I can't hear the word. I never want the word said in my presence. You might know what the word is. It's just awful. Anyway, my friendly colleagues went and found a bracelet with this word on it and they came back at breakfast and said hey we've got this present for you and I was like looking going oh ah." they said oh you've got to wear it I was like of course I'll wear it so I put it on as a joke forgot about it and then later that night (laughs) later that and the word was it it really was a word and later that night we're at the football tournament and we're doing pre-match live Uh, and I think my guest was Graham Lasseau at the time so we're and it's really hot because of where we are. So I'm wearing probably a t-shirt or something. So I'm left-handed. So I was holding the microphone (laughs) in my left hand. I had the bracelet on my left hand that I'd forgotten to take off. So again, you sort of put the old microphone up to your guests so they can hear. And I looked down and noticed this bracelet to the point if it had shuffled a little bit towards me, the word would have been there for everybody to see. So I suddenly realized this, and we're live and there's nothing I could do. And I was kind of sort of trying to shake my wrist so the bracelet would slide down, just thinking, please don't let it turn over, please don't let it, please don't let it turn over. Because it was, yeah, it was something that would have gone out live in a lot of places that probably, that probably shouldn't That's have done. amazing. And I actually found that bracelet the other day um i never obviously wore it again and i don't even know why i had it on, <laughs> on on at the time it's um yeah but that was one of those moments when you think oh wow this this could turn out <laughs> th- this could turn out horribly if that bracelet for any reason slips down a little bit it's going to be a whole heap of trouble. Well, then, how do you concentrate? Surely that's all you're thinking. <laughs> well, what I what I did <laughs> subtly is I was holding the microphone in my left hand. I just subtly put my right hand on my left. Eventually. And I just pulled my left hand down and put it by my side. Yeah,
1: hand in the pocket, that sort of thing. Yeah, just Just looking casual. Behind my
0: back, trying to find a jumper, tried to cover it up a little bit. So, yeah, so branding, yes, it can be a very useful thing on television. Or we see that with the players with the watches. I think Sitsipas was an absolutely broken man after his five setter, genuinely broken. And he was taking ages to get up to the microphone because he was finding his watch. Because obviously, the deal, I imagine, I don't know, do they actually put in the deal, you must wear it? Yes. At at the end of your match, you must put it on or or, or something like that, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what he was finding. So when he could stand up and sort of waft his arm around, everyone could see this this beautiful timepiece he had on. Yeah, exactly. That's what you get paid the big bucks for. I wasn't paid to wear this bracelet, by the way. <laughs> just a pure accident. You just loved it that much. Just, I just think I put it on so I didn't lose it, although I probably should have lost it. Anyway, right. <laughs> Big news from today was Serena Williams. So we were in our office and suddenly a, a colleague of mine said, Serena Williams is out. And I said, out where? And they went out of the tournament <laughs> out and about <laughs> yeah she's, <laughs> she's broken the about. protocol yeah. she's just out <laughs> i was like that's really and i said is that is that a is that a thing is that can we say this so then i let the radio roland garros team know and they was like wow gosh is that and then uh, another colleague came in and said uh she's coming to do her press conference and i so i messaged come to your press conference when now 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 <laughs> So was coming now switch on the television and there she is And what I thought was amazing, they went to the first person with the first question. And the first question wasn't, what's your injury? So we were like, what's the injury? Come on, tell us, tell us, tell us. Turns out to be the Achilles that she felt at the US Open. And uh, it's a blow, isn't it? It's a huge blow with a lot of people and maybe herself feeling that these two Grand Slams, if they were to happen, would be a really good opportunity for her. I mean, look, you can only really guess at... At what was going through her
1: mind? I mean, she did go into it in a you know, fair amount of detail, just said the Achilles wasn't right, she's gonna have to rest it for a while. Although, weirdly, in her press conference, I'm not sure if she's aware of the situation or has thought things through, but she said, So I'm not, I don't know where this puts me in terms of playing for the rest of the year, basically. She was saying that she might still compete, but I mean, there aren't any tournaments on. So <laughs> I don't... I don't know what she's talking about. I mean there's a, there's some rumors going on about um the WTA finals might get moved. Uh but then will they still be at the same time? Wouldn't you think you'd bring them forward a little bit because otherwise there's a, there's just too much time to to wait. Um but yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there aren't any tournaments. There are no women's events. there's one in Ostrava. I think that's the only one. <laughs> So I was thinking, I don't know where you think you're going to play. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing happening and you haven't qualified for the WTA finals. So I don't know. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to the injury, pff, I mean, she didn't seem to be hindered in her first match at all. But it has been something she's been talking about a lot since the US Open. Maybe the feel of the clay under her feet. I don't know. I'm just speculating. It It is a big blow for the tournament. But I think she... She also said it was quite interesting that the semifinals at US Open was not up to Serena standards and that she was disappointed with the semifinal. Um even though I think she also acknowledged that it's still a, a good achievement, she just says my levels are, are are bigger than that. Um and so maybe she just realized I I can't I can't go to the final with, you know, c- carrying this injury on the clay heavy heavy conditions that sort of thing and 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 that was the, the smartest thing to do. Who knows, um, but yeah, that's it. I mean, it's probably almost certainly her year done.
0: well, I think maybe quite clever wording by her because if she had said um yeah, no, that's it i'm I'm shutting down twenty twenty that's the headline, Serena Williams out for the rest of the year. Do you know what I mean it beca- that that's all it would become. Yes, this was a new story, but it wasn't as dramatic as season over, which it probably is. look in all intents and purposes, she is probably done. For the and normally at this time of the year should be done anyway. Yeah, true. Absolutely It yeah, should have already been done. finished after U.S. Open. Yeah, in the last last few years post U.S. Open, she's done anyway. But can you imagine the headline if she had actually said those words? Um, Serena Williams out for 2020. What does this mean? What does that mean? In the end, it was big news at the time she came into press obviously stories are written there'll obviously now be discussions about the 24 and and can she get there etc etc but it wasn't as dramatic as season over although most of us think it it probably is for Serena Williams and it's yeah it's it's just disappointing but you've got to look after your body especially as you get older because whether you're a elite athlete like her or an amateur like me, I'm not going to put you in that bracket because you were a professional athlete. Um, things take longer when oh, I'm old. Things take longer as you get older. They do. And so 2021, it's her 40th year.
1: Yeah, not on tour. 40th year of being alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> <that's what I'm, laughs> I that would have been a loose fact, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> She's 150 years old. <laughs> uh, no, um, but... Yeah, it yeah, it just I mean it's extraordinary I mean what she's able to achieve, of of course it is, but uh hopefully she can be back fit and firing for twenty twenty one. She's gotta get set for Australia. And hey, do you know what? The good news is, she'll be back at Roland Garros before she knows it. It's only in May. She
0: don't have to wait very long at all. I have just seen a tweet from Courtney Nguyen, a good friend of hers, and she said Stan Vavrinka, twenty twenty Roland Garros champion. I said it.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Big call. Yeah, that. There's,
0: there's a. I mean, he was very impressive today against Dominic Cuthbert. He was very impressive against Andy Murray. But then, by Andy Murray's admissions, Andy Murray wasn't so impressed with himself. Condition. A lot of this is coming back to conditions. Who can hit through the ball? Who's going to play well on this? I mean, Dominic Teams already said, "I love it being sort of cold, wet, and windy. This is what I grew up in." Well, you've got Nadal saying, "Well, hang on a second. Where's the sun?" Where's the heat? Where are all the other bits and pieces? And Stan Verinke is just... He's just quietly going about his business. He's
1: looking good, isn't he? He's looking comfortable... He's just happy, kind of ticking along under the radar. What is his 16th seed? But the match we all want to see Stan yes, Vavrinka, yes, Dominic yes. Team, yep. Philip Chatrier bring it on because I think Dominic Team will say, Oh, I like these conditions. Okay, yeah, when you're playing Stan, are you going to enjoy these conditions? Mm, I'm not sure because he's going to want that ball kicking up to the single handed backhand against Vavrinka. I can't wait. If that doesn't happen, I'm outraged. So I think we've got, who have we got in the way? There's a, there's a few, a couple of players in the way. They've got to get through another round
0: yet. Another round? You sound outraged, can I just say? I'm outraged. Right. If that doesn't happen, totally outraged. If that doesn't, the, the person who's most looking forward to that match happening is Rafa Nadal. Right, do you want to see, should I <laughs> that is true. tell you how things, so Rafa Nadal has next got uh, Trevalia.
1: Yes, good win over Nishikori.
0: Nishikori lost the fifth set. Didn't expect that to happen. Yes, he did. Um, Dominic, team's got Caspar Rude. But Caspar Rude just came through a fifth set,
1: so could be a little heavy-legged. That's what I'm saying. Team will be fine with that.
0: And then Stav has got Hugo Gaston. Yeah, he'll be fine with that. Yeah. He'll be fine with that, will he? Yeah, all right. Who did you pick to win this tournament? I can't remember. Djokovic. A, a week is a long. Oh, we both gone Djokovic, haven't we? Yes. Who did you pick to win the women's? Uh, Magaritha. Magaritha. And I went, um, I can't remember you. We've talked about this before. Did you like a drop shot doing it, being on the end of it? Not? Yes. (laughs) The drop Uh, shots. Now. Know where that's headed. No one. (laughs) I have yet to have this. You're pointing. Backed. Yes.
1: (laughs) I've yet to have this, had this backed up by anyone. And I would quite like it to be backed up by people because it doesn't make sense to me. Right. Drop shot featuring heavily here, Roland Garros. Absolutely makes sense because the conditions are very, very heavy. I think it's brilliant. I think we should see more underarm serves as well. It makes complete sense. I mean, I don't know what got into Djokovic's head. I know the drop shot's working, but how many did he hit in his match? He attempted 25. I mean, that is ridiculous. You need 24 points to win a set (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's, what is that no element of surprise there whatsoever but it literally looked like he was just practicing, just going to practice some drop shots in some points is what I'm going to do it didn't look like he was playing a match at all, yeah. very bizarre right. but in terms of historically I'm telling you my level of hatred for chasing down a drop shot has always been so high, I never practiced it, I was never any good at it because no one ever did it on the women's tour no one ever did it before I mean even there are a few exceptions
0: even on clay
1: oh I didn't play on clay (laughs) (laughs) not very often I only played Roland Garros once (laughs) um no I didn't play on clay particularly often but um (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that came from (laughs) um but yeah do you know what it was when i played uh, i played martina hingis on the grass because drop shots also very effective on the grass it's the hard courts where it's a bit of a pain you know um but you you use them on the grass and the clay more more than anything maybe this is why i didn't see many drop shots i don't know but martina hingis used them pretty well against me and pretty much every single time she drop shotted me i ran to the net got there thought i don't know what to do and just shoved
0: it into the tramline. okay why why did you not know what to do because I'd never practiced it before. No, but you're a professional tennis player. Surely just it's, it's standard at some level that you would know what to do when Get you it got in. there. <laughs> I mean, at a basic level, it's a ball coming over the net, right? At a very basic level. So no. why on earth, when you were... <laughs> when, when, can you imagine if I was your coach on the sidelines? Why on earth, when you're charging up there, did you not know what to do with this ball that came over the net? See, now you're acting meaner than me as a coach. I'm Doesn't like pointing. Sounds... Look at me. You've been waving your arms and I'm now pointing at you. <laughs>
1: Because it never happened.
0: I never had to deal with it. it might what do you mean it never happened? A match? Balls came over the net. Every time you hit a ball, a ball came back over the net. Some balls were short, some were dropped over. There's
1: never really many drop shots. And I'm telling you, if people had played drop shots against me well, I would not have won any matches at all. <laughs> was, I was so bad at it. But it happened so infrequently that... I I don't know anyway what I'm saying is the drop shot <laughs> the drop shot is a counter to, uh, so particularly in the men's game, you've got people standing further back, further and further back. Yep. You know, yep. even in comparison to 20 years ago, people weren't that far back. People were up on the baseline, serve volleying and whatever. Uh, it's like with the returns, it's why you bring in the underarm serve because people are, you know, Nadal's over six meters back when he's returning. You, you, you've got to kind of come up with a counter. And the drop shot um, has been a really good counter to that, but I think it's only really been kind of coming forward more and more in recent years I'm quite glad I missed it to be honest (laughs) very happy with my early retirement
0: now sounds like it your arms waggling around with you I've never seen you you started this podcast lying down on the side on your bed yeah just talking about drop shots and you were sort of waggling your arms around everywhere yeah I'm up and about now lively do you think the underarm serve is disrespectful to the opponent no no. And come on, who thinks that? I know people think that but come on. I'm putting that question out there because I think N- Nadal there was a really good quote from Nadal in press today because Mackenzie Macdonald underarm served Nadal and it wasn't one of the good ones was it <laughs> no it didn't it, it, it didn't it didn't it Nadal didn't work. it well. walked
1: up to it Nadal wasn't ready at all for it <laughs> was caught totally flat-footed way deep in the court and he pretty much had time to walk to the ball
0: I think Nadal was making the point that if you're thinking about using it tactically then it's fine but if you're just trying to be a cocky little web, I'm not saying Mackenzie McDonald was but if you're just trying to sort of cock it in and think you're being quite funny and being a bit cocky then it's disrespectful can you see it as no, being Mackenzie
1: s- McDonald was desperate at the time he'd barely won any games
0: yeah no he, one game, he wasn't being disrespectful he was just he was like brain freeze what do I do I've got to do something everyone always says you should underarm serve Nadal because he's down so far back but can you see why some players might get the hump when they were underarm served at. No, no, not at sense. all. <laughs> like, literally grow up.
1: I don't even, I don't even entertain this as a conversation because oh. back, however long ago it was with tennis being around for such a long time, everybody served underarm and then some clever clogs figured out that hitting the ball above your head was going to get you a bit more pop on the serve and that you could do well with that and everybody probably looked at him and said all right cocky little so-and-so what's going on here you can't do that and then shock everybody figured out oh it works and then they're all doing it now I mean it's absolute nonsense like it's a legitimate tactic it's exactly the same as hitting a drop shot if, do you know what, it's also, inc- as, as McDonald demonstrated, it's incredibly difficult to hit a good underarm serve. Sarah Irani put some in that weren't very good. I think um, uh, Nicolescu did one against Danielle Collins, she just came and thumped it away. It was like, that's not good enough for me, you're going to have to do better than Didn't that. Didn't
0: Nicolescu did one a match point against Von over in qualifying? Yes, I think it was like a fourth match point, and she underarm served. Yes,
1: Sasha Bublik did one on match point, I think, against always. Christian and Garin, who then that. tried to claim he wasn't ready because he didn't take a but step. He to posi- the but he was in
0: position. But he was in position. He was
1: there, rocking at the back of the court, looking at it. Um, but yeah, do you know what? Bublik does them really well. Kyrgios does them really well. Um, but they are really hard to do because if I try and do an underarm drop shot, it looks like Mackenzie McDonald's. Which is just basically feeding a short ball to Nadal. You know, okay, it's one thing you might not win the way you were playing before, but you won't win that way. I, <laughs> to be honest,
0: so yeah, absolute
1: nonsense for me. There should be more,
0: more. I feel it. It takes a certain personality to pull it off. Can you see that? I feel Definitely. that. Like I can't. That there's certain players. I can never see David Goffin, for instance, doing an underarm serve. It's just not. It's just not a gofan well, thing to do. Well, for example,
1: Chilich was playing team in the first round, right? And team was pretty far back. And it, it, and it was also when it was very cold on that day. It was very heavy. And you just felt like the underarm serve would be great here. But Chilich never in a million years is going to do it.
0: Because that's not, it, it's not in his personality. Or maybe because he's from, a, I don't know, is he from a different generation? And it's now going to be the, the young things, the new generation, the next generation, that it's going to be more part of their makeup, part of their armor.
1: Yeah, I think it will be. Not for everyone, but definitely will be something to, to, to put in because the game evolves. You know, we didn't have players standing six metres behind the baseline. Nadal was the first one to do it, but now you've got team doing it. Zverev does it a lot as well. There will be others that will decide to, to hang back that far because it works. And you know what? You take on Nadal, on Philippe Chatrier, your biggest problem is holding serve. That's your biggest problem because the guy neutralizes
0: serves so You've well. You've got a lot of problems. Yeah, You've got a lot I... of problems. That's not your only. You've just got a lot. We'll of start problems. with that one. I mean, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, problem is the moment you walk out, your name's called out, and you know what? You know when the problems start. Well, the problems start when you know you've mm. drawn him. But on court, the problems start when they're reading out the bios of yeah. the players. <laughs> and so, say your your bio is, oh, they're world number two hundred and something in on a protected ranking. They've done some great things. They've got one top thirty. You know, blah 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 blah. Then you get on to Nadal, and not only that, his bio goes on for hours. But they go through all twelve titles. Yeah. So. You know, they, once they get to the 12th Roland Garros title, you just want to put your rackets back in your bag and say, That was great. I've really enjoyed the warm up. Um, I felt something go and I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, that's I mean you just pretty, feel pretty much right what you do,
1: for, right? For McDonald, didn't you, in his match today, a little bit? It was kind of, Yeah, you haven't won
0: many games and probably not going to win many games. <laughs> probably not going to. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. We've had Ooh. a question from Sarah. Is this I Sarah I say Sarah this every time is it Sarah or Sarah? Sarah? Sarah. Yeah, it's it call her Sarah Sarah because it hasn't got it hasn't got an H. I call it Sarah. Okay, Sarah Sarah, what would you do? This is a specific question for you. What would you do about Sarah? We know this is a Sarah. Sarah Irani's ball toss, and in brackets, Sarah Sarah said, "I've tried hypnotism." Oh, there we go. Yeah, <that's> not what <laughs> sprung to mind? It's quite drastic for your ball toss. Oh, so Sarah Sarah, right, so are it, you
1: struggling with your ball toss as well? It sounds like.
0: Well, maybe now not because she underwent. or oh, well, then she said she tried. Didn't say successfully tried hypnotism. Just tried hypnotism. Right. Okay. So I don't did. know how would so, that sort out your ball toss. I'm not sure. Well, because it because it would hypnot tell you to throw it up straight. <laughs> hypnot- it? tell you. <laughs> <laughs> problem solved everyone (laughs) it's it's after midnight where i am it's been a long day Um, so if you can't hypnotale sorry to
1: to throw her thoughts straight oh my word
0: oh that's amazing that's going to come out
1: on air for me tomorrow you're the
0: one that's meant to have baby brain i've just got tired brain (laughs) right so what would you do a um, former professional tennis player about, who hated drop shots, <laughs> about Sara Rani's ball toss. Well, can I just say that match
1: was very entertaining and very enjoyable. And odd. Very bizarre. Yeah, well, <laughs> I had a look at the stats and I was uh, going around our, our room. We had Naomi Brody in and, and, and a couple of other commentators and getting them for bids on how many breaks there had been. 24 in total <laughs> breaks of serve in that match. 24. There were thirteen holds. <laughs> it was amazing.
0: It was, and and it, and it all. I mean, poor old Kiki Burton's. I mean, her whole body just seized up at the end, and she actually left in a wheelchair.
1: Yeah, it was. It it wasn't good. But good news is, seems like she's okay now. Um, but back to the ball toss. Sorry,
0: yes, ball tossing. Back to the ball toss. What would you do? <laughs> um, well. <sighs>
1: I mean, it's quite difficult, isn't it? Because it can be partially mental and it can be quite technical as well. Uh, So we also saw Coco Goff struggling with her ball toss um, in her match today, which she lost. And she's somebody that you could look at and say is very technically sound on the serve. And actually she is pretty much, there's a couple of little areas you might want to tidy up, but it is pretty tidy in general. But it's quite quick at the beginning. And for a ball toss, if you get tight and it's the same with irani because i think she's got this mental thing about ball tossing she's also pretty self-conscious that she does an excessive amount of ball tosses in relation to how many serves she actually hits in the match then i mean you just you go quickly both of those players go quite quickly with their ball toss and if you carry any tension through your shoulders which you know what when you get nervous that's what happens when you're five all in the third, that's what happens. There's nothing you can do about it. Then that quick motion becomes quite jarring and it really breaks up your rhythm of your serve. And you, you're basically just chucking the ball up. You're not placing it up. There's no, there's no rock back. There's no momentum with what you're doing and you need everything to work in sync. The serve particularly, it's the same for every shot, but it's a real chain reaction. And you, you've got to have that kinetic energy moving in the right direction. Um, but for Irani, I don't think that sort of thing is going to help. I mean, it's partially mental at this point, but there is an issue with her ball toss, And that she it, it, it's, it goes all over the place. So, you know, yes, it happens much more with nerves, of course, because then you have tension in your arms and your arms are going to move in a more jerky manner. So if you have any sort of issue before that... It will come out when you get tight. Um, you You need to sort out the ball toss to the best of your abilities. And it's so easy to say when you're feeling confident that it's fine. When you're feeling confident, it's amazing. Alexander Zverev, when he's feeling confident, he wins Madrid in 2018. Doesn't get broken once. His serve's scandalous. It's unbelievable. But as soon as the confidence goes that the little chinks in that ball toss is all over the place and he really loses and he loses the rhythm and momentum through the swing, all of that timing that you need. It's a very complicated shot. But what I would say is that ball tossing is really difficult. Um, Definitely for beginners and amateurs, it's a really hard thing to do. You're doing it with your opposite hand. So it's your non-dominant hand, just throwing a ball so that it goes straight up and straight down is really difficult You've got a racket in the other hand. You've got your legs doing something else. You want the ball to go forwards, but you're going to jump upwards.
0: It's 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 hard. It's tough going. It takes a lot of work. I've just been practicing my ball toss in my. I don't know if you saw that. In I feel really bad because you got last, your netball post because in my hotel room. No, uh, didn't bring it <laughs> up
1: and down through the netball post, Sarah. Sarah, that's what you want. Straight up, straight down, while
0: hypnotized. I yeah. I I feel. I'm trying to get... I don't know why I'm trying. I haven't got a ball. I feel really bad. Well, as you were talking about that, which is very interesting, I was yawning. Um... Which you probably saw. <laughs> uh, because we're already tired. Not, <laughs> now not, Paris has night sessions. <laughs> not because Well t- tonight wasn't tonight was a, a fairly early finish. All the all the matches got through at Yannick Sinner, another very impressive performance from Yannick Sinner, I have to say. Um and still no emotion. Yannick Sinner looks like a cross between Wayne Ferreira and Thomas Burdick. Ooh. Oh yeah. I like that. Yeah. The Burdick look, definitely. The Burdick look and Wayne Ferreira in the face.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you're not so convinced about that. I feel that I've, I've less got... convinced about Ferreira, but definitely, um, you're definitely a bit of bird, a bit of stoic, sort of face.
0: Have a have a <laughs> have a, a, a bit of stoic face.
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> On that note, you should probably get some some sleep. Should I hypnotize you to go to
0: sleep? <laughs> I'm just mm. <laughs> can you Can you Can you hypnotise me Not to eat a baguette In the next seven days
1: No that Hypnosically works